the Mind Body Connection podcast. The Body and Mind, with your host, Dr. Phil Parker. Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Mind Body Connection podcast with me, your host, Dr. Phil Parker. Well, we've had a really interesting first series of this podcast, met some fascinating people, um, studied some of their research. I hope you found it as interesting as I have, just chatting to these people, finding out what they've been up to. Um, what I've decided to do is uh, to continue on to the second series and we're going to take a slightly different slant on the second series. I'm going to be talking to some people who have focused very much on the mind, some people focused on the body, some people are looking at both those things, some people with a slightly alternative uh, position on the mind-body connection. So far we looked at the kind of solid research that says this thing exists. Let's have a look at some of the people who are using it in interesting ways clinically what they're finding, so we can learn more and more about how the mind and the body work. So I hope you join me for the next series. If you have any suggestions of people you'd like me to interview, um, and the interviews will take a slightly different format from this this series, uh, then please do get them to send an email, info at philparker.org. And I'm going to finish this series um, with some highlights from the current series uh, so i hope you find it interesting to just review some of the amazing people that we've met i asked award-winning psychoneurobiologist professor andrea avers what's the most important piece of information she'd like to share with you she said if you do not expect positive thing of your treatment perhaps it's better not to start with it a selling author dr david hamilton had this to say about the mind body connection so chemical A plus chemical B, mix them together for a particular amount of time at a particular temperature, 100 times out of 100, A plus B will give you C and it'll take exactly the same duration of time. But once you put human consciousness in the test tube, now the test tube's a human body, A plus B does not always equal C. And even if it does, it doesn't always take the same length of time. It might be quicker or it might take longer. Human consciousness, your beliefs, what you think and how you feel, What's going on in your psyche? These things change the context and the, they change the environment in the test tube. So you can't just talk about A plus B equals C because the environment is completely different and that environment is affected by what's going on up here. Neurologist Sarah Lidston on the mind-body connection. My feeling is that mind and brain are this are together and the same, but and then by extension, the body has to be part of that too. One of the godfathers of placebo research, Professor Irvin Kirsch, explains the mind-body connection in this way. I don't like to think of the mind and the body as two separate things. Like most philosophers these days, uh, I think there's one stuff in the universe and you can look at it from the point of view of mind, you can look at it from the point of view of body. Uh, you don't get anything in the mind that isn't also represented at least in the brain author and yoga expert Eddie Stern. Well, I would say that the mind and the body are a continuum, that there's really no distinction. Um, we talk about them as separate things just for the sake of discussion, because they have different processes that are happening within them. The physiological processes of the body are things that we can measure and things that we can quantify. And the things that are occurring in the mind are a little bit more difficult to measure. How do functional neurological disorders help us understand the mind-body connection? Dr. Sarah Lidston. And so it basically describes a symptom that can be experienced by the patient. It's a real symptom. They feel the numbness, they feel the weakness, they have tingling, they have seizures, they have a gait disorder that is real. 
that is not volitionally produced, but that is arising out of a interrupted communication within the nervous system. But this lack of a definable structural lesion is problematic in the way that we define disease now. But how do patients deal with placebos? I asked Professor Luana Coloca. I'm fascinated because when we talk to our patients about these mechanisms, they are enthusiastic, they love to learn about. And some of them used to tell us, I wish I would have known before about this. A groundbreaking study by Professor Irving Kirsch compared taking antidepressants to taking placebos in people with depression. He found this. Well, the difference in the effect or the response to the drug and the placebo on their feelings of depression was minuscule. It was not enough to be clinically significant. What one small thing can you do that will make a difference? Dr. David Hamilton had this to say. Be willing to understand rather than to, to always judge. And I think that's a little shift that we can all make in varying degrees. And with a little bit of work, I think it's one of the best things a person can do for the mind and for the way that their mind then impacts the body. But can taking placebos really make any long-lasting effect on your physiology? Professor Irving Kirsch describes a five-year follow-up on back pain patients. We found that people who were suffering from chronic low back pain got significant relief and reductions in disability as a function of taking these placebo pills, which they knew were placebos. Five-year follow-up and they have maintained their gains on wow. both uh, pain reduction and disability, and they decrease substantially their need for pain medication. Professor Luana Coloca has done some groundbreaking work on helping people to generate their own internal dopamine when before they couldn't, showing that there are actual changes in people's physiology as a result of taking placebos. But what else could be changed using the mind-body connection? Talk about a sort of internal pharmacy, because um, this is true not only for endogenous dopamine, but we can release endogenous opioids, we can release endogenous cannabinoids, and probably many, many other neuropeptides. How does Eddie Stern see yoga affecting the mind-body connection? A way of supporting the mechanisms of intelligence that our body already has but that get temporarily impaired because of bad lifestyle. Whether it's excess stress, poor food, bad sleep habits, not enough exercise, or poor breathing habits, if you just introduce those things, they begin to address the internal mechanisms which have been built and have the wisdom and intelligence to restore us to balance automatically. What can we learn from these studies to make a difference to healthcare right now? Paying attention and being warm and empathetic can increase uh, the efficacy of real good medical treatments and not doing it, behaving in a brusque manner, not just a, that can interfere with the beneficial effects of many treatments. But doesn't taking time cost money? A final word from Professor Andrea Avers. It's very cost effective to, to, to give more attention to the patients. <laughs>I think the thing that I've taken on the most from this is the wealth of research that's being done from really, really incredibly sharp and straight scientists looking at 
what many people in the past have considered the weird and wacky world of the mind-body connection. The other thing I've noticed is that a lot of the research that's been done is quite, what's the right word for this, clunky almost. They're still looking at the mind-body connection from let's give people an injection or let's give them a pill. So still working for any kind of medical model of how do people respond to this. Um, but I'm really interested, and particularly this is where my work is, is in the imagery side of it. How can thinking in a different way, instead of being kind of fooled by having a pill, just cutting out that middleman, because all the pill's doing is changing the way we think. How can thinking differently make a difference? We're going to be exploring that a little bit more on the next series as well. So look forward to seeing you then. I uh, hope you enjoy, as I say, the clips of the highlights of some of the incredible people. Thanks for everyone for listening and watching and for everyone who's contributed and see you on the next one. Bye. The Mind Body Connection Podcast. The body and mind. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please do subscribe to us on iTunes, like it, review it, and share it. The more people know about this, the better. And don't forget to join our podcast mailing list by going to philparker.org forward slash yes, and you'll get extra stuff, bonus material, and program notes. See you there.